All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another uh, episode of Chatting with the Bondman, the podcast where the Bondman chats with awesome people. And today uh, we have a recurring guest today, uh, Miss Kara Hope, and uh, we're going to be talking about my favorite subject, Bond, James Bond, hence why my username is the Bondman. Kara, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. I was just about to say, like, guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> exactly. Welcome back. To, yeah. So um, we're going to talk about uh, the latest Bond movie, No Time to Die. And there's going to be some spoilers here, even though it has been out for a couple months now. But um, it is one of my he's one of my most favorite characters of all time. He's been a hero of mine since high school. And um uh just bring any tissue if you have any because we are gonna delve pretty deep into it so we're gonna hear from you first what did you think of the movie when you first saw it i was just honestly i just couldn't believe that i was watching another bond film in the theater you know what i mean it's just so nostalgic just even when you show up at the theater and you know what you're about to watch you know you're about to watch just such a good film because i really truly haven't been let down by any bond films before you know what I mean? I may like dislike a film like compared to the others, but I'm not like, oh, that film was like horrible. And so when I showed up for this film, it was with one of my best friends. I just was not expecting to, to get into this story again, you know, be back in this world. But it was like, as soon as that, you know, it started playing, I was just like, I'm home again. I feel safe. Like this is like childhood. This is memories. Like it's just, it's, it's just a films that we've grown up with and that have inspired us. And it, it was just, it kind of felt like being home again, you know? I love that. I really, really love Heist because I felt the exact same way when I got into the theater and I immediately when I heard that, bum, oh, chills. I just got chills now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely. And, um, uh, I went with my mom's because uh, uh, she's not a huge Bond fan, but she she enjoys uh, he enjo- she enjoys him, and she grew up in the Roger Moore era, so he's wow. the cheeky Bond. <laughs> yeah, um, but when I when I first saw the opening scene, um, it was basically of what Madeline was telling Bond in the previous uh, film when they were on the train on how her father uh, hit a gun under the sink by a bleach bottle, and a guy came to kill um her father and that was pretty much the story she was telling bond on the train inspector yeah yeah and it was all a dream too and um when uh by the way i also loved how they showed like british stuff from the from the 90s like wallace and gromit i love wallace and gromit and bunch of other bunch of other british 90s nostalgia um but after she, you know, woke up from the dream and uh, was in the water and then you see Bond, you're like, oh, my God, it's him, you know? Yeah, I just love the intros to all the Bond films. Like, I just they are so well thought out. And also the cinematography is beautiful. And, you know, the car is its own character. Like, you got to love the car. You're just like, you're back. Thank God, you know? Um, And so it's just it's beautiful. And I think, honestly, if, if I'm being honest here, I think this film had my favorite intro. I think Rami Malek's performance um, is truly just phenomenal. Um, and I knew when he, when I heard he was going to be doing this film and be the villain, I was like, 
oh, we're not going to be disappointed. It's Rami Malek or, and it's, it was just incredible. I just thought the intro was just so, so good, full of action, but also had that perfect amount, you know, when they swapped to showing just Madeline and catching up with where we are with that. It just, it flowed so well, like that movie that we had just watched um, connected together. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't know. It was like, I never left the other theater from watching the old film. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, definitely. It, it, it is in a way a direct sequel from the, from the previous one, because you do see uh, at the end of Spectre, you do see uh, Bond and Madeline, you know, driving off into London and having a good time. And so the film basically opens up with Bond in his retirement. He's retired from the Secret Service. And, and with that being said, this film breaks a lot of grounds and a lot of rules, too. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, breaks so many grounds and so many rules because we, we see Bond in retirement. We see him, you know, just enjoying a nice, quiet life. But like any secret agent or government operative, you know, it's in a way being a government operative is like being in the mafia because you're you're, you're a trained killer. Life. Yeah, you're in it yeah. for life. Uh, you're a trained killer and you're always looking over your shoulder every five every five seconds. Yeah. Uh, you know, hence why uh, when Bond and Madeline were in Italy, you know, just living a quiet life and Bond goes to uh, to Vesper's grave, which also touched me as well. Yeah, I I thought that was like I was like very sentimental. I was like, oh, so we're starting very sentimental already. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, and this Bond definitely shows emotion, and because the theme of Daniel yeah. Craig's Bond is betrayal, mm-hmm. it's just Absolutely. pure betrayal. Because, because um, you remember in Casino Royale, he fell so deeply in love with Vesper, and Vesper returned that love, and but but because of that, she knew that she was betraying him, and she just you know she couldn't handle it, you know, uh, Bond actually showed passion and love and, uh, and and did give a chance you know what I mean yeah. it was seeing like your heart open I think everyone can relate to like opening up their heart and then it getting like shut down or turned away or blown up essentially you know what I mean oh my gosh when that grave like site blew up I literally was like you're kidding me right now yeah yeah hence breaking a lot of grounds and rules and that's something that the audience can take personally you know yeah and then Uh, also too the audio was just phenomenal I love any time that we kind of are almost like inside the character's body and like we were in Bond's mind his body for a second when that gravesite blew up his hearing's distorted the sounds are all distorted we're like we feel distorted in a way because you know, they kind of were putting us into his perspective and it was just, uh, it just even adds more depth, more emotion, more groundbreaking rules, you know, um, I don't know. It's just so special. Definitely. And so, uh, moving, moving right along, uh, Bond knows that, that something is seriously going down and he has reason to believe that Madeline is behind this because her father, you know, was Mr. White. He was in, he was in the Spectre organization. And so he, I guess, understandably, but foolishly um, runs away from Madeline, you know, thinking that it's all her. And then the first thing we see when she put, when she goes on the train is she touches her stomach. And I thought nothing of it. I thought that was just, you know, emotional pain. Like, how is he doing this to me? But it was foreshadowing that she was pregnant. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh no. (laughs) 
You gotta be kidding. I was like, you did not just send her away with your child. <laughs> Which was yeah. very interesting how she like kept denying it like later in the film because like obviously it was the child because the child had blue eyes and like yeah it was just perfection it was just so like how it was so it, that, that's just we'll get to that though yeah and uh admittedly out of uh out of complete curiosity and impatience i did go onto imdb and look at a couple of spoilers here and there <gasps> how dare you i know <laughs> i'm i'm bad <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I did kind of see it coming a little bit. Um, uh, so uh, this also leads to the um, to the to the classic Bond intro, uh, the credits and the graphics and everything. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Um, I'm not a huge Billie Eilish fan, but let me tell you, she's a gorgeous human being. Yeah, her. I just like how her voice like to me, I am a fan of hers just because I think she has so many different styles and she's so young, like she's essentially my age. And yet I feel like she's conquered the world already and her subdivision or like her division of music. You know what I mean? Um, It's just inspiring. And she just can whip out albums left and right in different styles, different lyrics. And it's just I think they did really choose someone very well like they did pick her and it was very perfect um casting for that um that part to sing definitely and uh like you said it matches with the depth it matches with the with the personality of the movie just like <clears throat> sam smith you know he was he was great with specter and adele with skyfall oh my i love oh, skyfall i remember okay everyone listening i remember when skyfall came out okay and i listened to that song on repeat it would be like literally 7 a.m in the morning i'm pulling it up on the old computer youtube on the windows computer you know where you have to literally tap the box on the floor to turn on the computer (laughs) and i'm like singing this song at the top of my lungs and my dad would come in and he's like are you singing the same song that you've been singing for the past hours? And I'm like, yeah, I am. You want to hear me sing it again? <laughs> like, I was just so in love with it. I could, but I just, oh, that just sends me right back to when I first heard that song. Definitely. It's, it's a, it's a really, it's a really good song. And um, <clears throat> I was, I just graduated high school when Skyfall came out and um, I saw the midnight premiere with my oh, at the time girlfriend and uh, I got emotional when M died in Bond's arms. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. I think also like what we need to talk about too is like the underscore is just beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's just beautiful. I, when they were opening up this film and they're like um, driving on the cliff and that music is just playing to perfection. It's just, oh. The underscore is just in itself its own movie. You know, badass. Yeah, it's just all around. I mean, you're hitting cinematography, underscore, visual effects, actors, perfect casting. Um, Yeah, everything, just everything. And um, uh, so, of course, after after the after the intro, uh, we go to um, this clinic. I think in Russia, if if I'm not mistaken, somewhere somewhere in in a foreign country. Uh, and um, all of these bad guys come and steal these nanobots, which of course is the one of the bad guys in the movies, you know, for world domination. That's pretty much the theme of every Bond villain, world domination, and wow. Bond comes to stop it. 
Um, and this and is, every this is, time we act like we don't know what's going to happen or we don't yeah. know that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And then so um, so we're thinking, OK, this is what Bond is up against. Yeah, it goes to what Bond is up against, and then it cuts right to Bond um, living living a life in Jamaica. Now, here's why it, uh, he was actually living in Jamaica. Uh, it, it was a little nod to Ian Fleming, because when Ian Fleming wrote the James Bond novels back in the 50s, he was actually living in Jamaica at the time. He wrote all the Bond uh, novels in Jamaica. And Goldeneye, one of my favorite Bond movies, was actually the name of his estate in Jamaica. And wow. 007 is the is the number of the train that he took to work every morning. What a way to bring that, what a way to bring that home and just full circle. Definitely. I love when things come full circle. Like I think it's just so fascinating and brilliant. And I just wish more pieces would come full circle. Yeah, um, definitely. Oh, uh, it's this, just that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a huge nostalgia freak, and I love when movies uh, have that um, have those moments where you're thinking, "I remember that," you know. Uh, and yeah. when when Bond goes back into back into his uh, into his estate, knowing that it's been broken into, he sees a cigar, and the cigar says "Delectados," which is the name of the, which is the brand name of the cigar that Pierce Brosnan was looking for on Die Another Day. All these small wow. little subtleties. Wow, I didn't pick up on some of that. That's really neat. Yeah, you're talking to a Bond freak over here. <laughs> yeah. So then um, we we find out <clears throat> that um, that he Bond is being contacted by his CIA buddy Felix Leiter, once again played by Jeffrey Wright, really great actor, and uh, he is with another guy, um, Logan. He uh, apparently bit of a bit of a dweeb, you know, kind of a fanboy, you know, gushing over Bond. <laughs> And they're in a very 21st century nightclub with flashy lights and whatnot. And, and Bond is cheeky, but at the same time, he's not serious, you know, because uh, Bond has been cheeky in his days, but he's actually having a good time, genuinely having a good time. Yeah. It's his like one time to see if like he can really just like kind of enjoy some sort of life. <laughs> like Madeline's gone. He's like, all right, plan B. <laughs> can I still have a life? Can I still be normal? And then, you know, as it happens, he just gets roped back in. Yeah, definitely. Um, in a way, it is kind of like um, in one of the Wolverine movies where Wolverine comes back in for one last mission. Um, so with this one, uh, we, you know, we see Felix and of course, Bond can't say no to Felix. He, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy. And then, then we meet the new 007. Oh my gosh, which right off the start, I was like, who is this? who is this chum? What is he, mm -hmm. what is he doing here? I already don't like him. You could already tell something was up. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, the, the new, the new 007, um, I think I forget the character's name off the top of my head, but very brilliantly played by Lashana Lynch. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we, uh, but then Bond realizes, I think it's time to come back. You know, something's going on and he knows he's the guy for the job. He knows he can do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Goes, right. Goes back to MI6 and, well, he first calls M on the phone and um, he's like, can I come back and help? And M's like, no, you moved on. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we don't want you back. We've already filled your position. Exactly. But does Bond listen? No, never. No. no. It's like, you know, Bond is a very nobody tells me what to do kind of guy. He's a dirty Harry. He plays by his own rules. Which is just so great. Like it's just persistence and like, you know, he knows what he's capable of and. 
it's just ugh, we need more we need more characters like that i don't know you know yeah definitely and so uh, a little bit later, he comes back and he goes um, goes into the MI6 office with a visitor badge, which, of course, kind oh, of throws me that forward. was just so like I felt so bad because it's like, wow, <laughs> you got to like scan in. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's a really like I don't know. I just felt bad for him. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, and then, of course, uh, the guy at the security window asks for for his name, name Bond. James Bond. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and then and then this is the this is the part that really stirred me up in this movie. I think this is the only downside that I really had. He shows up and they're basically like, oh, yeah, we've, we've kind of replaced you. And you also aren't 007 anymore. Like we didn't retire that. We gave it to someone else. Yeah. That's, How do you feel uh, about that? Let's let's chat about this. Sure. So it's in a way. It's like it's like being a baseball player, you know, um, you don't retire the number, you give it to someone else. But I will say it, it is in a way disrespectful because this is Bond we're talking about. He yeah, he devoted his life to you guys. And, you know, the best thing you could do is, you know, retire the number. But, you know, life goes on. You know, that, that's also another way of showing the audience that, you know, um, you may be a badass in your work world, but but at the end of the day, you're just another person and another person is going to be that person you were. Yeah, very true. And somebody else will come along and will fill your place. Yeah, Everyone's replaceable, they say, you know. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that's un unfortunately true. I mean, you know, look at all the all the late night hosts. You had Johnny Carson and Jay Leno and Jimmy Kimmel and now Steve Colbert. Yeah. Who the heck is next? You know, how do you feel about the rumors of potentially having a new bond, but be a female? Um, well, actually, I, I can debunk those rumors. Uh, I have heard and I don't have a problem with it, but I have heard that uh, Bond is going to remain a male because I kind of am. OK, this may be a controversial topic, but I kind of agree. I feel like Bond is that's that's what it's meant for. I really like. I don't know. I just feel like that's, I don't know. I just don't, I just feel like to change it to be anything else, give it its own story, give it its own and powerful thing. I'm not saying don't have like a female type of bond, but don't change it into something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, <clears throat> you can, you can change the, the characters. You could change Q, you could change M, you could change Money Penny, but you can't change bond. Bond will remain who he is. And um, there was also, uh, you know, a rumor of, of a black bond, uh, like, you know, Idris Silva has been has been uh, brought up a lot, but I have heard that he has turned it down because he doesn't want to be known as the black bond. Uh, but I mean, you know, new times, new days and everything. Um, I get but where he's coming from, but also I would love to see like a different color on the screen and the bond, you know, role for sure. I think that would be super unique and different i get what he means though by like not wanting to be identified as that but i think it would be really empowering and cool to show other people you know um of different you know color skin that you know you also are a bond you know what i mean in your own way and i don't know i think that would be really cool um whether there was maybe a latino bond or something i feel like that would be really neat sure yeah the, the only thing i'm worried about though is that unfortunately in this world, there are still racists and sexists. So 
say if Idris Silva becomes becomes the next Bond, he's going to have a, a laundry list of racists saying he's not Bond, he's black. And and or if a woman becomes Bond, Bond is a male. And, you know, it's just going to yeah. it's just going to cause a lot right. of controversy we live in a very opinionated world. And people are always, you know, unfortunately, it's sad. You know, I get we need to definitely move forward in society and keep going with things. But yeah, there's always going to be opinions on what you do. There's always going to be backlash in some sort of way. Yeah, I, I just don't want them to go go through that kind of you know controversy. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, say Levy. That's that's uh, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> so uh, moving moving right along, uh, we uh, we see that Q is at home and he's you know uh, chopping up his his dinner ready ready for his date. And there's another groundbreaking thing: a a homosexual Q, because Ben Wishaw, who plays Q, is also gay. And that I, I kind of like how they bring that into the into the world, you know, saying, you know, Q may be gay, but he's still a human being. But it's also charming in a way, you know, because he's a very he has this very boyish like charm to him. And I, and I just I just love it. The only thing that does bug me, though, is his hairless cats. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, yo, <laughs> that's something you don't see every day. Hairless cats are such incredible creatures. Like it truly blows my mind, like how they were formed. I'm like, <laughs> I, I get the meaning of this cat, but also, wow. <laughs> yeah, because I remember in Inspector when Q said, "I have a mortgage and two cats to feed," and there are the cats right there. And of course, Bond just has to say, "You know, they come with fur these days." That's what I really like too. Is like we're always building off the last film, essentially. Yeah. Um, which is just so neat because you can go back and you can watch it in order. You can watch it, you know, back order and you'll see just so many incredible different um, nuances that appear later in the film or, you know, it's just so neat. Definitely. I, I, and I love that too. And that's what I love about the Daniel Craig era. It's all bunched into one story. Whereas yeah. all of the other bonds, they're all individual stories. Exactly. The full circle bit. There you go. Right there. Yep, definitely. And so a um, uh, little bit Wait, later on, I you take know, a second, just real quick and just say like how amazing it is, though, how our society is moving. We are including more people. We are including different types of stories instead of, you know, um, like the fact that we got to include um, just somebody that was different, that wasn't necessarily like the, I'm attracted to this specific, you know, male and female, you know what I mean? Couple. I just love how we have different couples coming on the screen, different inclusion. Um, it's just, it's refreshing to see because like, it's something that so many people have fought so hard for, for so long. Um, and I know that there's people in the audiences that are like, just I'm bet just so excited to see them represented you know yeah definitely relating to a film is so important you know what I mean and again that's where Bond is so great like they figured out that piece to even get more people to be um feeling like they could relate to it definitely yeah that's that's a really that's a really wonderful point because um uh, this is the 21st century. You know, there are gay couples, there are interracial couples, you yeah. know, uh, non-binary is the newest thing. And um, they may be different, but they're still people, you know, I mean, exactly. I, I'm different. I'm on the autism spectrum, but I'm still a person. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. The Bond <laughs> films change with the times. That's so unique. 
that's just yeah. so beautiful to me. And I, I have so much appreciation for that. So I just want to take like a side note and just say sure. how neat that is about these films, especially. And I think that's why people keep coming back, keep watching because it's, it's staying relatable. It's staying relevant, um, which is just so important. Oh, very much so. Very much so. So now, since we since we now know what Bond is up against, what he's going to do, it's party time. It's now time to see him in action. And and uh, the other thing is that, you know, he's also aging, too. So, you know, he, he's a little slow for his age. He's kind of, you know, kind of keeping up a little bit. But what I love is when he comes back into London, there's the Aston Martin, the, the DBS, right? Or the V8 that he that Bond drove in the living daylights. I I almost had a heart attack. I love the it. most beautiful car. Um, if somebody asked me for my dream car, there it is. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, and um, of course the the DB5 in the beginning with the with the rotating mini guns in there that was badass, and and he did wow. a full 360. That was awesome. Oh my gosh! It I think I heard something that they had to put down. Uh, it was like soda or soap i can't remember what they had to lay down like tons and tons and tons so they could get the car to spin around like that i love uh, it so unique so cool yeah it, that's it's called movie magic you know um so then we we also know that blofeld is in jail or he's in belmarsh prison which is the which is the um which is the san quentin of london yes. and so bond comes into the office and also um, he, before he comes back, he reunites with Madeline in, in a house completely in the woods. And, uh, um, can we talk about how beautiful that house is? I, I want it. that house. That would be so unique. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, how about, how about we just go live a quiet life and we'll just, uh, we'll just hunt deer all day. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and it's true though. That house is absolutely gorgeous. I'm a nature guy. I love, I love nature. I love camping. I love cabins and everything. Um, but also the cabin itself in the atmosphere, the, the, the atmosphere, uh, and the outside, it's like, it's paradise. Yeah, truly. So, oh, that pond that, and I love how that house changes with the seasons too. You know, a lot of different places in the world do not, you know, I'm, I'm currently in Texas. We don't experience winter. Like we don't have snow, like hardly ever. So I love how this house, you know, we see it in different times and different seasons and different points of life. And it's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. I'm in Southern California. It's the same thing. Um, we don't have any snow. It does get cold and we do get yes. rain, but no snow. And in a way that's, that's kind of cool. You know, we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. 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 And then here comes one of the biggest twists of all bond and Madeline, our parents. Oh, so great. I, I that's something I didn't know I needed. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that I needed Bond to be a dad, but I definitely do. And I feel like that just made me very happy. <laughs> and the little girl is so cute. Yeah, the casting was brilliant. Bond never, Bond films never blow me away. Like, I mean, always blow me away with how incredible um, their casting is. I mean, truly, even the girl in the very beginning of the movie is just incredible Perfect. her emotion her her eyes her it just she's captivating that's what bond films are captivating and it bleeds into the cast and in the cinematography and everything yeah and you know right there um and as you said madeline was constantly denying that she was his because i think she just said it out of 
betrayal and pain because she went through that whole pregnancy on her own. Yeah. She didn't want him to have that part that she had worked so hard has, you know, the child, you know, those, those, those years of a child's life are like really difficult because you're having to spend time with them 24 seven. I mean, you're really having to watch your eye on them. You're, they depend on you so much. Whereas when you start getting older, you know, you can go and spend time alone and not feel like your child's going to, you know, literally burn the house down or something. So (laughs) I can imagine what that would be like for her to just be like, that's not your child. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an F you in a way. It's kind of like, yeah, that's not your child. I still found a lover. You know what I mean? Um, So it was just her trying to gain that hierarchy, you know, status. (laughs) The upper hand, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And so um, the, the other thing I really, really love is that they actually slept in the same bed. And then here comes the girl. I'm hungry. That was just that was touching. It was so good. I was so good. But of course, all Bond does is just peel an apple and she just eats the skins. Great parenting <laughs> Bond. Yeah. I'm like, she's really getting her protein and. <laughs> Perfect. And all he asks is, how is it? Not bad. Yeah. Their interaction, their stare down it was just beautiful. Yeah, but also awkward in a way because Bond has never, ever, ever dealt with a child before. This is all new to him. He's like, and the entire time he's like, this is definitely my child. Oh my God, what did I do? Yeah, I mean, the icy (laughs) blue eyes, of course. Yes. Definitely. So now, once again, they are in danger. So they they climb into the car, they they go go for, for a drive. And the thing that actually really worried me was the fact that a child was involved. Bullets are flying and a child's in the car. Yeah, that was a new thing we haven't seen. Yeah. Have not seen young, like really young children put at risk in these films, like to this extent. And that it it definitely added that whole higher um, risks um, factor to it that you were just like on the edge of your seat, like, please, God, protect this child. Yeah. And also just quickly back to the, uh, to the breaking new grounds thing. This uh, also broke some rules too. I forgot to mention Felix, he dies. He, um, he drowns because Logan kills him. It was really sad. That was really sad. I mean, you could honestly, you could go and talk hours about each scene because I thought that bar scene where he kept pounding drinks between like killing people and like fighting. It was just so cool. I was like, of course Bond would take like a mini drink break to just like, you know, recharge and then keep going, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it just, that just gives Bond extra, you know, extra drive to get going. Yes. The other thing is that Blofeld, he finally kills Blofeld because the entire Bond franchise is trying to kill Blofeld, but he finally does it, but he does it by touching him with the poison, you know? That's the funny part. It was like the first time, like Bond didn't even mean to kill him. It was like one of the times that we haven't really seen Bond, like in a way, like he did not mean to kill this dude. He was mad. He, Of course he was like trying to just like rattle and get under his skin, but he was not meaning to kill him. So when he killed him, he was like, oh, great. <laughs> With uh, that, the one time I'm really not trying to do that. <laughs> and it actually happened, you know? Yeah. And then, and then the third rule that has been broken, we shall get into eventually. So uh, after the whole car chase, uh, Bond gives Madeline a gun and he goes off trying to, you know, trying to distract everyone away from them so they could be safe. But of course, here comes Rami Malek and by no surprise, they're being held hostage. It's almost Dr. No-ish in a way. It's the same thing that happened to Dr. No. Yes. And 
we need to talk about too the scenery of this it was set just the fog and the trees and the sounds I think that this was just such a perfect scene um, because not only are you worried about this child but you can't really see there's fog everywhere there's things coming out left and right and when Rami Malek shows up you're like Oh, shoot. Like you did not expect for him to be there. You know what I mean? You would expect like maybe a a side guy or like one of his like henchmen, but not him himself. So when he showed up, I was like, well, we're done for. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're toast. And when you mentioned the whole fog thing, that's actually a reference to an old World War II thing called the fog of war. And the fog of war is terrifying. It is because you can't see. You don't know. Like, I mean, we as humans have driven ourselves to truly because what we were given with were eyes to see and, you know, ears to hear. And so when you start taking away or diminishing any of that, when you're not used to it, I mean, obviously you're going to freak out. The anxiety goes up and you start maybe seeing things, hearing things. Um, So I can't imagine what that would have been like in war. Yeah. And that's one, also one of the reasons why soldiers, even to this day, they're trained to strip their weapons um, blindfolded because let's say you're outside, it's pitch dark. You can't see your own hand in front of your face and your weapon jams. What do you do? Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. So moving on, we, uh, we now are in the layer of where Rami Malik is and where Madeline and where Matilde is and, um, uh, now Bond and his partner are now, you know, they're, they're dressed up They're They're uh, they, they got the armor on, they got weapons on, they're ready to go. They're ready to rock. And so they have to take down this layer that, that is making these nanobots to poison the entire world. Now, the thing that did confuse me a little bit is that these nanobots are harmless to you, but when you touch somebody, it's harmless to them. That right there, I got to say is clever because there's literally no way around it. There's no cure, nothing. Once you have it, you have it. Which I just found super, super crazy because there's never really been a problem like this that I've really kind of seen in a movie that you can't fix. Like you, you can't fix it. You have it. You do, It's done, which was yeah. very interesting because that leads to something very interesting that happens later in the film that I was like, <clears throat> crap, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? There is no way to like fix this. And, you know, when you watch, you know, movies like this, there's always a way out. There's always a circumstance they can turn around or see it better. And I was just blown away how you don't have that here. Like it is what it is. And I don't know. I think that also made me hold on to my seat even tighter because the stakes were raised so much higher than what I had seen. Definitely. And uh, I was scared because um, again, like you said, there's always a way out. He always prevails, but we were stuck at this point. We're, we're thinking, I can't think of anything. You know, we're, we're we're toast. You know, and that was another ground that they broke. Bond was pretty much hit a brick wall at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I I was terrified, and like you said, you know, you held on to your seat, but then at that point, you you kind of figured out, oh no, not this. I I know what's coming. Yeah, I know what's coming, and then. So eventually, um, uh, another thing that I also loved was when uh, was when Remy Malik was holding the child hostage and Beautiful. Bond was that monologue. Yeah. Oh and my you, goodness. And Bond says, oh, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." Right there, he actually humbles himself to the villain. But of course, that was just a um, 
that was just a diversion. But still, that's something never seen in a Bond movie. And I really didn't think he was going to get a way out of that. I didn't I did not see a way around that one, honestly. Um, so when I he was I was like, oh, yeah, I, I really don't know where they're going from here, which is interesting. You know, as an actor myself, I'm very quick to figure out what's going to happen next. I'm very quick to know, you know, because I've seen things happen over and over again, because let's be honest, a lot of films just repeat it. They repeat themselves. They repeat their stories. They repeat things just in different forms, different ways and methods. Um, and but in that scene, I was like, oh, I really don't know what's going to happen here at yeah. all. That, that's another ground that was broken. And so then <clears throat> eventually the villain uh, just pretty much gives up uh, the child where, where he's like, you want to run? Fine, go ahead and run. I don't need you anymore. I did not see that coming. I was like, is he for real? Is this actually happening? Did he literally just let this child go? I mean, I get it. But also I really was very surprised when he was just like, all right, you don't want to be with me? Fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you're dead either way. So yeah yeah but so uh so then bond uh grabs matilde grabs madeline puts them in a uh puts them in a boat and they sail off to safety so now bond now it's up to bond to destroy the um to destroy um the bunker where all where all this is going on and as he as he's running well first of all the first thing he does is is he opens up all of the blast doors and then he and then he calls on he, he tells q to launch the missiles from from the british navy Yes. And so that way everything will be done and said. So then after that, Bond runs, uh, you know, to try to find an exit and then pow, 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 bullets. He, yeah. uh, he, he gets shot, falls right into the river. Boom. Another bullet into him. But he's thinking he's going to die right there. But no, he, he, uh, he gets back up, grabs him. And as they're fighting, smacks him in the face. He put the vial of poison on Bond. That was when he was screwed. Yeah. Ugh. And oh, it was just that whole, it took a turn for the worst. And the audience, you know, I just remember feeling, you could feel in that room how everyone felt. And that all, like, we all knew Bond was screwed. <laughs> like, yeah. we were all, we were wanting to see, you know, our hero come out on top. But we all right then knew that, okay, I don't think this is going to end exactly how all of us want it to. <laughs> Right. And so then uh, he so then he and, and of course, this villain doesn't get doesn't get a signature bond death. He just shoots him dead. And right. Then, which I also was like, oh, OK, that's it. All right. We're just that, that was a really quick. Honestly, I thought he got killed very easily for a villain in the Bond films. Um, that was just my take on it, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me too. Every every Bond villain gets that really badass death like either choked to death or exploded or, or whatever but this one was just simple bang 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 you're dead exactly just as you would kill just like a normal person fighting you know yeah exactly but but bond does it just so casually he just he's weakly holding the gun he goes boom 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 okay i'm done i'm out of here but then, then you figure out that the emphasis wasn't on that death because something later comes that the emphasis was meant to be more drawn to Exactly. So it and does make sense in the congruence of the entire film when you look back at it. Yeah, definitely. Because um, and that's a really that's a really good point you you put on it because some some deaths are important, some aren't in the Bond franchise. So now Bond is you know he, he's limping, he's bleeding, he's on his last leg, and he's on the comm with Q saying you know um, uh, you know are are the missiles you know coming soon? He's like 
a Bond, they'll, 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 they'll be there soon. Just get out of there. And, and now Bond is asking Hugh, is there any cure from these nanobots? Like, you know, as well as I do, it's permanent. You know, unless you're, unless you need the target. No, that's, that's not going to work. And then Q yeah. realizes, oh my God, it's for Madeline. And, and then, so they're talking on, and <clears throat> excuse me, they're talking on the, on the, on the radio and Bond is telling Madeline when he said those exact words, I'm not going to make it. My heart just dropped. Yeah. I, I felt like that pit in my stomach. I was like, oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, um, there's gotta be a way. There's gotta be some type of way. And then yeah. everyone just realizes, yeah, we're yeah. literally about to watch. Yeah. I'm shaking my just head. Just greatest person's death. <laughs> yeah. I'm shaking my head and blown. Please no, please no. I'm, I'm literally on the verge of tears at this point where and, and my mom is holding my arm like this to try to, you know, she's like, it's okay. Cause my mom obviously saw it coming, but then um, they're, they're saying their final goodbyes on the radio. I know that was just even harder. And she's like watching him in a distance, like Madeline and mm-hmm. Mathilde um, are literally, they can see the Island. They can see where it's at. They're literally in perfect view of seeing this whole thing go down. Which yeah. was also just makes you so sad because yeah. it's different to actually watch something. Yeah. And Madeline is also begging, but she had begging at this point, like, please get off the island. I know you can do this. You know, just just she's like literally begging at this point, please, just I know you can do this. Just please get off the island. And he's like, No, it I I can't, you know, I it won't work. And then she realizes, oh my God, you've been poisoned. And he just very nonchalantly says yes and then that's when she figured out oh my god we're screwed you know and he's just standing there and as he's just he's just looking up into the sky and that music the underscore is just and then she's saying that yeah the child was his and oh that's what broke my heart okay when he picks up the bear to give to Mathilde but he never ends up being able to give it to her Mm -hmm. that wrecked me he like literally picks up her her little doll wanting to give it to her later because he he really does believe he's going to see her again um yeah oh, that got to me right then and there as well he's holding her bear just looking at it yeah uh, and then not only that though before then we have to give credit about how badass that um stairwell scene was yeah the it stairwell was. scene before he gets up to that top and is talking to Madeline over the, the phone um, communication thing was just so powerful. He shot, he's trying to just get out, figure out what's going on. And he is just left and right killing people just 24 yeah. seven single-handedly himself. That was honestly phenomenal. I loved that stairwell. Scene. His last hurrah, you know? Yeah. And it was very well done. Yeah. And of course, once he gets to, uh, to one point, once he gets to the end of the hallway, he turns around, and does the iconic, um, yes. the gun barrel shot. And... I mean, I enjoyed that more than him <laughs> killing Rami. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I love that too. Cause again, that was his, that was his last run. So then now, you know, Bond is standing there, you know, just waiting at this point, literally just waiting. And as you said, when, you know, she said, she really does have your eyes. And all he says is, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh gosh. I literally feel like sick to my stomach right now saying, uh, it. oh yeah. It's, it, you know, my sister, I remember 
right after she saw the film, she sent me a video crying and she was like, it's so final. Like I'm never, and it was just, it broke my heart. Um, Cause she's right. It was so final. Like, you know what I mean? The yeah. his death, it was just, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't that even was, know. That was the third rule broken. The demise of 007. I still don't even have words for it. And it still doesn't feel real. I know. I'm, I'm getting worked up just, just thinking about it, you know? I mean, it but, still doesn't feel real. I mean, I just, I I literally had to go back and rewatch that movie and be like, did this happen? Like, did I allow myself to actually see this happen? Yeah. So after after that, you know, we cut right to MI6 and Bond or M and Money Penny and Q are just, just, you know, have, having a silent moment for their fallen comrade and back to work. All know? having a drink for him. And yeah. Yeah. That's, life that's goes the on. crazy part. Life goes on. There you go. And, oh. Yeah. And, yes. you know, <clears throat> that, that's, that, that also, again, t- says the message, you know, it's, it's sad when you lose a comrade, but, you know, life goes on. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, mm. just like in just like in that firefighter movie Backdraft, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Life goes on, and then so I, I will be straight here. After the mo- after the credits, just after the credits came on, and then my mom and I are walking back to the car. I didn't say a single word. I was so stunned. I couldn't. I couldn't find the yeah. strength to even speak. That's how I felt. Me and my friend walked back to the car and drove home silent. We like didn't say anything. Yeah. And my mom's driving. I got like, in the car and the one word I said, I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Just like in, just like inspector shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and my mom was like, are you okay? And all I do is just like, put my hand up. Like, no, just, just, I don't want to talk about it. I can't yeah. talk about this. I can't even process this. Come back to me in years. <laughs> uh, I was depressed for three days. It just, I took that so personally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a series that you go with and it lives with you and it lives in you. And that's the power of movies. That's the power of cinema. That's the power of storytelling. That's the power right then and there um, of what I do and what so many others do. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I know it's hard. <laughs> No, definitely. And uh, as an actor myself, I, I always delve deep into my into my characters that I play and I try to, you know, make it personal, you know? Yeah, always. That's exactly right. It's all about adding that. Because I was reading this really good book um, and they were talking about how, like, if you're not, if you as the actor, like, aren't connected to every single thing in that that script, that, you know, play, whatever it may be, your audience isn't going to be. You're going to sound like a grocery list. You're going to sound unconnected. And I think that's where Bond films hit the nail on the head. Connection. The connection is off the charts. The chemistry is off the charts. Um, And they're truly in that world. They're truly living that experience. And some part of me always just went like, I don't know. Some part of me is like, this has actually happened. Like I'm watching like a true story. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's all happened. Yeah, definitely. Um, Unstoppable. That's another great, um, the freight train movie where the, where the train runs away. Ooh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And Chris Pine ain't bad on the eyes either. 
Hey, no, true that. <laughs> true that. Yeah. In fact, uh, my my high school girlfriend introduced me to that movie. And the only reason she likes the movie is because in the beginning, you see Chris Pine in his skivvies. <laughs> Always have to get that selling factor in there. But of course. Well, this was a very deep, raw convo about our hero. Oh, I love it. I love how like real we can be about things and still be opinionated in ways as well. You know, um, I just I just thought it was such a great film and the chance to even just get to talk about it. I don't know. I feel like this has been therapy for me. Me too. I feel like I can finally talk about it and like process it in a good way. Um, so I'm really glad that this was today's topic. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I saw Scream 5 a couple of Fridays ago, which was really yes. well done. Yeah, I need to check it out. Yeah, uh, I forget. Do you or do you not like horror films? I do. Sometimes I get bored, though. <laughs> Predictable. Well, Kara, thanks for coming back on the podcast. It's really great to have you come back, and I hope you can come back and discuss another movie. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, and thank you. And thanks once again for listening to Chatting with the Bond Man. And as always, forget about it.